Hi, this is Matt Stagliano, and thanks for being part of the Artist Forge. We're a community of creatives who help each other think like an artist by discussing creativity as a process instead of a skill or a talent. We believe everyone has what it takes to create something amazing. We just need some encouragement and inspiration along the way. What you're about to hear is a live recording of one of our daily discussions on the Clubhouse app. If you like what you hear, I encourage you to join our private Facebook group or visit us on the web at theartistforge.com. Now on to the show. Good morning, everybody, and welcome to Morning Walk with the Artist Forge. My name is Nicole York. I'll be your host. And today we're going to be asking ourselves the question, is new experience, new ideas, new information, are those things important in the creation of art? Should we be trying to give ourselves the opportunity to experience new things, to travel to new places, to be exposed to new ideas? Are those things important? And we can either ask that from the perspective of important overall or important in our individual case. And the reason I wanted to ask this question is because I've seen a really interesting contrast between uh, people who find this idea of exploration and new experiences, traveling to different places, um, learning about new concepts, confronting themselves with new ideas. And they talk about how this really influences the growth of their art. And then there have been other people throughout history who were relatively insular and their art is highly specified to the region that they lived in, um, the time that they were in, all of those things. And you can recognize that art very peculiarly by uh, where they were. So some of the, um, some of the art of the Southwest in America is a really great example. There are hallmarks that create this. And for the most part, people who lived in this area, it's not as if they were heading off to Europe, right? Um, but they still had really highly unique, highly particular art that you can pinpoint to here. Would it have been important for those artists to travel or did that actually even matter? Um, their art still is obviously valuable. In fact, Navajo rugs are some of the most expensive, expensive pieces of art you can buy. And the way that they're created and the artists who create them have a very particular and long history of repeating the same process in order to create a piece that can be specified as a Navajo rug. But then there are other times where experimental art has really moved the wider art world forward in its understanding of not only what can be classified as art, but in the ability to try new techniques and move new things forward. So I'm just interested to hear what your thoughts are in general for you or for the greater art world. It's totally um, subjective on how you want to approach this question. But I think it also ties in a little bit to the question of whether innovation is actually important and uh, these new experiences and new ideas that we may choose to have, sorry for the car, as a, um, as a vehicle for that innovation. So just those are kind of my thoughts this morning. I'd love to hear 
what you guys think and where you might be interested in taking this question. I see we've got some hands up. Noel, I see you. Um, we will start pulling people up as soon as the moderators have a chance to kind of bat this question around, but please don't give up <laughs> a couple times. I know we've run a little bit long and we've lost a couple people, but we really do want to hear from you. So hang in there. Um, Becca, um, glad to have you here this morning. Let me make you a moderator really quickly. Okay, so what do you think, guys? Is going out and seeking new experiences, traveling to new places, confronting yourself with new ideas, are these things important to the creation of art? Yes, absolutely. 100%. It's experience. It's insight. It's ways to see the world through different eyes. It's we're meant to interact, right? Not only with each other, but with everything around us. And it's the awareness of that that creates our version of our own consciousness. It's that consciousness that allows us to create the art that we create. And that art is predicated by us experiencing everything around us. So yeah, I, I think it's, it's imperative that you go out and you do all these things. Now, does that mean that, you know, your life is less valuable if you don't? No, not in the least. But I think having that breadth, right? We talk about visual literacy all the time. Well, you can't build that library unless you're out there literarizing. So you have to go out and actually experience things to understand and make comparisons and learn what you like and learn what you don't like. And, you know, bring that all back, distill it down, piece it together and make what you make. And that's what makes it uniquely yours. That's what makes it so valuable to the people that connect with your art and why anybody that has any level of interest in creation should just create because somebody will resonate with it. So, uh, yeah, I think that's a core fundamental part of innovation is experiencing everything. Okay. So, um, I, I'm going to play the devil's advocate a little bit this morning because I have a feeling we're going to have a lot of people that agree with you. And actually I agree as well. Um, I'm really blessed that I've been able to travel quite a bit and live in some different places and experience different cultures. And I absolutely feel like that is such a valuable thing for people to be able to do. Um, however, there are some, I mentioned some types of insular art in the beginning. So what if somebody has never left their own town and they make pieces of Americana and, um, and those pieces are also not necessarily informed by a, a large breadth of experience, but a depth of experience of living in that culture. So do you think that the breadth then becomes less important as long as there is depth? Or do you think that art would still be improved upon if they were to go out and confront themselves with new experiences? I don't know if, if, if their niche, if their focus is depth in that community, right? And they're just going to make Americana based on this little ski town that I live in, right? And they're going to make little folk art and, and that's what they do. But they do it incredibly well and they're prolific at it. That's fine. I think there's, there's still something to be gained by being understanding of what else is out there, right? I think you close yourself off to those creation parts of yourself, right? That inspiration, that influence, 
Um, it's okay to specialize in one thing. That's why we have podiatrists, right? But I think when it comes to the art world, um, that experience really does shape who we are. It doesn't mean that you have to travel to India or, you know, read everything there is to know about, you know, AI, nothing like that. But you have to be open to experiencing different things. You can stay in one town your entire life and be world famous, but you just have to know what your voice is and where you're pulling that, that inspiration from. Um, yeah, I, I, I don't disagree with you. I don't think it's a, it's a necessity that you have to travel or that you have to embed yourself like an anthropologist. It's just a matter of being open to what the world has to offer. Otherwise, I think you just wind up running around in circles doing the same thing over and over and over. Ooh, okay. So I like that we're starting here. Um, I would love to hear responses from other moderators. Do y'all feel the same way? Do you think that these new experiences, confronting new ideas, all of those kinds of things are inherently beneficial? Um, or do you think that new experience is not necessary to create fantastic art? Um, I love where you're going with this, Matt, this idea that new experience is beneficial to us as people. And then as a, as a, a deeper, more complex, more experienced person, we then have more to draw from when we go to create. Um, so I think that's a really great kind of bedrock idea in support of the new experiences. But what do the rest of you guys think? Yeah, I, I mean, I, I can't argue with, with what Matt's saying. It's absolutely uh, uh, beneficial, right? To, to see things, to explore things, to go around, to travel, to, you know, Matt, Matt said it all. But I wanna, I wanna, again, like you, play the devil's advocate and say it's, it's really about exploration, right? Exploration, curiosity, and creativity. But exploring, I can argue, doesn't have to be uh, going far away, right? Take an example, somebody who specializes in macro photography, they can live in their backyard for 50 years creating macro and never stop exploring that backyard at that level, at that kind of uh, level of detail. Um, you can argue that, well, they don't, they haven't seen much else, but there is so much to see in a, even a 20 foot by 20 foot garden when it comes to macro photography. So it, it, is, it, is it about the, the width and the breadth of what you do versus just the simple curiosity and exploration? Um, I, I guess we can argue both ways, right? Yeah, for sure. And I, I think that you got um, a really good kind of into the heart of part of this question, which is a question of, of width versus breadth in a way. And I don't think they necessarily have to be verses. And I think Matt probably agrees with everything you just said. Um, as far as, you know, even that, that deep exploration becomes a new experience, right? When you learn something really deeply and you continue that dive into it to find out what's at the next layer beneath, um, those are also new experiences as well. And it's interesting as you were suggesting that Basam, it made me think of something I had heard and I'll have to look this up to see where I heard it, but they were talking about some of the greatest, um, some of the greatest minds in history, scientific minds in history, 
and the fact that many of them who made the biggest advancements in their field were actually scientists who were very widely studied. Um, they didn't specialize specifically, or I shouldn't say that they didn't specialize. They of course would have an area of strength, but they often would study very widely and um, move into new fields often as a way possibly to you know, keep their brain moving or whatever it was that actually led to um, more discoveries and more beneficial understanding of the world, which was really interesting because I would have thought that somebody who specialized very deeply in a field would be the one coming up with kind of new things related to that field. Um, and yet it was the opposite. And I'll have to see if I can find where that was at. But it is really interesting um, to think about related to what we're talking about today. So I'm very interested. Matt, I want to give you a chance to respond to that one and then pick on Kat and Becca and see what they think. Sorry, I had to run and grab my phone. Um, yeah, I, I agree with Batham. I mean, I, I like his example of staying in the backyard, uh, doing macro stuff for your entire life and never, never reaching the end of it. Um, you know, I think I speak in, in vagaries and generalities, right? And it's easy for me to form this argument and say, yes, experience is beneficial. I think what it comes down to is knowing what it is that drives you, right? And is it minutia? Is it wide, broad experience, right? It's different for everybody. And I think, you know, as we experience the world around us, whether that's at the macro level or at the micro level, I think you have the chance to create from that space, right? And you might hit a limit. You know what? I've traveled enough. That's all I need to know. That's fine. I just think that if you shut yourself off to new ideas and new opportunities and new experiences in whatever form they show up, then you may not be true to your heart. You may not go to the extent that you might be capable. So yeah, it's just this, this ever evolving process. And I think it's going to be different for everybody. Yeah. 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 I think you kind of get to the heart a little bit of probably where this conversation is going to end up, which is we need to know, we need to know enough about what drives us to be able to say this thing or the other thing or all. I mean, the question of all is still on the table. And also, I think the greater our breadth of knowledge, the easier it is for us to take and discard what seems best to us. And just because you visited Italy, doesn't mean you have to be influenced by Italian architecture. Um, you could choose to say, beautiful, but not for me. And I won't take anything out of this. That is an option as well. So it's a big, big, broad question. And I think it's gonna stem even more interesting conversations. So Kat and Becca, what are your thoughts on this idea of how new experience, new understanding, new ideas influence the art that we make? Is it important? Or can we even dispense with that and say, I'm just gonna make art influenced by my hometown and I don't need anything else. I'm just using hometown as an example because it's an easy one <laughs> that everybody probably recognizes, but I'm sure there's a million different, you know, examples we could use to flesh that out, but I'd love to hear your thoughts. I'm drinking the coffee as quickly as possible. 
So if I stumbled, bear with me. But uh, yeah, I mean, I, I do think you guys kind of got to the the heart of it already. Um, and there were two words here that really stood out to me. And one was important. Is that wealth of new experience important to your art? And Matt really just hit on that. Is it? I don't know. It's your art. Is it important to you? That's really entirely dependent on the individual. And so if someone wants to write about the the breadth of human experience and they've never spoken to a person who, you know, outside of their hometown, they're probably not going to have the best ability to touch on that wealth of different kind of, you know, experience that people have all over the world, you know, through different kinds of cultures and different kinds of lifestyles. Um, if your art is maybe, you know, just you have one thing that you like to do and you like to explore it by through whatever means, that's totally fine too. It's your art. It really doesn't matter. Um, and then innovation, like what, what even is innovation? I think innovation itself implies a, something better than what exists already. And if you have no experience outside of what you already know, and you're not introducing new concepts to your mind to force yourself to think in new ways, to see those new creative connections, then you can't truly be innovative. So when talking about like those scientists who were more widely studied, they were introducing those new concepts to themselves and seeing how new things work and seeing then how those functions could apply to things that they already know or, you know, things that they may have worked with before. So it really then comes down to that purpose. What is the purpose of what you do? Does it need to be better than what exists already? Or are you okay existing where you're at? And I mean, that kind of growth can come on accident more often than not. Or maybe it takes a lifetime for you to realize there's something else you want to be exploring there. Um, but calling it important, I think, is is really the dividing factor there. Is it important to some people? Yes. Is it important to other people? No. And that's totally 100% okay. Um, I know for me, like, I, I very much value that wealth of life experience. I love those new ideas. And maybe that's just because I've moved a lot and I've met a lot of different people. And being able to draw on that then serves my art because I'm able to connect with different kinds of people. But that's my art. That's not everyone's, and that's the key. Yeah, you know what, Becca, that's exactly why in the beginning of the conversation, um, I specified, you know, answer this from a broad perspective or from your personal perspective, because I think those personal perspectives are going to help really clarify the instances in which these things are important or not important. And as you were speaking, um, <laughs> I realized that a big a big part of why new experiences and new places and new people are important for me is because I get bored really easily. And so I need that dopamine hit that comes along with um, being able to look and experience and ask new questions and all of those kinds of things. And um, I think my work reflects this as well. There's cowboys and Cybertrons and, you know, angels and fairies and just it's all across it's all across the board um of course it's tied together by a common theme but i'm not exactly sticking in one area for such a long time that i become known as the cowboy photographer right um i'm constantly grabbing at the next thing that sparks my interest and um to tie into that i recently had seen 
a video where a gentleman was talking about how this one got me right in the chest. Um, he was talking about how he had gone through hobby after hobby and he would find a new thing, get completely engrossed by it, learn it well enough to be maybe not a master, but deeply conversant in it. And then he would move on to the next hobby. And he thought to himself, am I just flaky? Why do I keep grabbing all of these new things? And then he realized, well, the new thing that I'm learning isn't my hobby. My hobby is actually learning new things. And maybe that's okay. And in a big way, I feel like that relates at least to me where my art is concerned. I'm always looking for some new thing to learn. I think learning might actually be my hobby, which back in the day, those people were called scholars. And that's what colleges existed for, <laughs> was for scholars to go and keep learning things. Um, except, you know, not all of them were also artists as well. But the point stands, in my case at least, those new things, those new experiences are deeply important for me and the way that I create art. But that doesn't mean they are for everybody. So, Kat, do you have any thoughts on this idea? And then we want to start opening things up for discussion from the audience. So if you're hanging out in the audience today, but you have a thought on whether innovation or new experience, new ideas are important to the way that you create art or to art in general, would love to have you raise your hand and come up and share. Yeah, I think um, new new experiences, and, and I agree with Becca, like the key word here is important um, because I think new experiences, they affect and influence who we are as people. It's why travel makes you richer, right? Um, and it's inevitable because those experiences affect who we are as people, which in turn affects the art that we create because as artists, we are also people. Um, now, whether or not that is an intentional manifest is not always the case. I know I when I go to museums, I get really excited because I want to take shapes and forms and, you know, all of that sort of happens and in some way, shape or form <laughs> uh, affects the art that I create moving forward. Um, and that's exciting for me and it's fun and, you know, it's a really great way to sort of like dip your pen in the, the well. Um, but is it for everyone? Like, maybe not, you know, some people create just for the sake of it and don't necessarily look at the, the inspiration or the influence as being, a valuable factor. Um, they make what they make because they just love to make. Uh, so that's where that important criteria kind of comes into play. For sure. Um, don't feel scared to unmute yourself and just respond y'all if you feel like something has touched a nerve or you have a thought pop up there. Um, I would love it to get a good conversation going. So if you're in the audience today and you have a thought regarding this idea, do we need to experience new things, new ideas in order to create better art? Um, or do we not? We want to hear and from you. Nicole, do you, yeah. do you have a specific moment in your life where you felt like that experience 
changed your direction with your writing or your photography or your art? Do you have a specific example? Oh, that's a good question. <clears throat> um, so I, I, one of the things that has always stuck with me um, so ever since I was, well, I guess I was 19. I was 19 when I moved to Germany and with the military and got a chance to go experience the country. And there were several things that really stuck with me. One of them was just the look and feel of Bavaria on its own. It's a lot of rolling hills and farmlands and little cottages by themselves surrounded by trees. And it's just, it is a really beautiful place. And even the small towns and cities and the little villages that you go through, they look like something right out of a storybook. They look like as you're driving through, you should probably see a knight on a charger, like going across the field or I remember we drove through this one particular town and there was a beautiful marktplatz, which is kind of the town square. And there was a little fountain in the middle and these kids were playing and they had a balloon. And that always stuck in my mind is this kind of picturesque, bucolic quality that I find myself really, really drawn to. And um, I, I just found the experience of being there in that place is rather like living in a fairy tale. And it just cemented, I think, for me, the fact that there's a really certain aesthetic that I prefer in general. You will rarely see like hard um, graphic yikes stuff from me. Um, I don't know a better word than yikes, but like something that you look at it and it gives you that visceral gut reaction of like, ugh. Um, even though I enjoy some of those works, you will rarely ever see me create them because I have, there's something in that idealism of romance and, and uh, pastoral scenes and all of that kind of stuff that just sits right in my soul. And where I grew up in the Pacific Northwest, the western side of the mountains, um, getting, starting to get a little bit closer to the coast, that's not something that exists there. That is, that is tall mountains and jagged trees and roaring rivers. And, you know, there isn't a whole lot of the bucolic there. It's very much, much more wild looking. And you absolutely can believe a fairy is about to appear from the woods, but the fairy may eat you. <laughs> it's, it's a little bit more how it feels. Um, and I love it. I don't think there's many more beautiful places in the world, but something about Bavaria, absolutely absolutely was, um, I don't want to say a turning point, like I didn't have a light bulb go off where I went, oh, this is what I want. But it's something that has always stuck with me as one of those, uh, you know that movie, that Pixar movie, Inside Out? It feels like a core memory. <laughs> one of those things that just stays with you and continues to influence you, um, even though you don't always notice that it's there. So I don't know if that helps or if that answers your question properly. Yeah, I was just trying to put you on the spot, and you answered it beautifully. I have a follow-up there. Um, so, Nicole, you've mentioned you're appreciating things like fantasy and stuff throughout your life, probably even before going to Germany. And one thing that I found interesting about people's thoughts on, you know, new styles of art and, you know, those things that are innovative is often people don't like them. People don't like stuff that's new. Um, and... 
you know, so even even having that that core memory moment where it awakened something or you know gave you this epiphany, um, I did that. Was that really tapping into something that was already there though, um, or was it something truly truly new that you'd never experienced before? And I guess greater question than to everybody is, do you find yourself appreciating those new artistic experiences from other artists when you see them? Um, and new forms of art, or do you find yourself kind of defaulting back to what you already know? Oh, that's a good question, Becca. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try to use two examples here, one from Goodwill Hunting and one from Pablo Picasso. Okay, so from Goodwill Hunting, the scene in which Robin um, is, t is talking to Matt, so he's, you know, psychoanalyzing him and saying, here, you're super smart, right? You know, all of these things. But if I were to ask you about the Sistine Chapel, you could tell me how it was made and what the artist was thinking and all of these things, but you never stood beneath it and looked up and wonder at the beauty of that art, the transcendence of that art. And for me, that I think is what living in Bavaria was like and experiencing the culture, the architecture, the countryside, all of those things. It wasn't that it was an absolutely new idea, never had before. It, it was the experience of it that allowed it to get deep inside of me. Um, I had seen pictures of Bavaria. I had seen pictures of the German countryside. Of course, I had seen uh, photos of Chris Kindlemart's. <laughs> and never having been to one, but the experience of standing there with my feet in the snow and the smell of Glühwein and cinnamon in the air and the sound of people walking through and buying things from shops and the glow of the Christmas lights and the beautiful architecture, my God, it wouldn't matter how many images I saw, they won't be able to replace the experience and what the experience did for me. So that's answer part one. Answer part two, I remember first, I remember actually really vividly first seeing Picasso's work and thinking, I hate this. <laughs> this is just so ugly. It looks like a kindergartner did it. Why are we holding this up as genius work? Why do people even like it? I don't understand. And it was a really definitely visceral yuck reaction. But the more I studied and learned about art, the more I began to appreciate his work and understand what he was doing. And so I absolutely had that experience. You mentioned that kind of, oh, is this where things are going? Why are we doing this reaction? But then as I began to learn more, um, I came around to have a completely different opinion. So I think I've had both of those things, the yuck and also the newness that doesn't has doesn't necessarily mean it never existed before, but it was new to me, if that makes sense. Go ahead, Becca. <laughs> I know how to use the phone. Um, <laughs> no, that's great. And like having having those awakening moments, um, that there is that difference between either seeing something or, you know, firsthand experiencing something and just kind of thinking about it abstractly. And I know I, I've had that personally when exploring new art forms, like I've thought about something like, that's cool. And I like that and that would be neat, but it, it never really clicked or touched me truly until I actually firsthand experienced it. Um, but I, I think you kind of got into something there too about, you know, like your feelings on Picasso and having 
that wider understanding of art and the world, giving you this appreciation for other things. And I, I know that's something I've seen expressed by many people as they don't think something is real art or they don't think something's good or, you know, whatever it is that their negative opinion might be, but it's purely that they don't understand where that thing is coming from. And when it comes to, you know, innovation Ooh. in art, oh, fight me cat. Um, <laughs> you know, like, I mean, like I, with, with our experiment this week, right. With utilizing AI in art, this is an argument that I still don't have a definitive answer myself to you know is utilizing machine learning an authentic artistic experience i don't know is it innovative yes yes does it open possibilities for new and interesting types of art and new and interesting types of emotional experiences yes and often a lot of people reject that um and so as that i guess comes back to my my question then do you guys feel that you reject things that are new when you see them and does that perhaps then stifle our own artistic expression? Okay, so uh, in my 20s, a buddy and I used to paint together. So like one of us would start a painting and then kind of work through it or whatever and then drop it off to the other one and they would work on it and you know we'd kind of bounce paintings back and forth until we decided they were done. And I think I was, God, maybe, well, how old was I? 27? No. I don't know. It was 2000. And I moved to Boston. And the guy that was my painting friend, his roommate uh, managed this, like, condominium complex uh, out on Longboat Key in Sarasota. And... So in Florida, you know, most condominiums, especially in the more affluent communities, were for re retirees. So oftentimes people would pass away, their families would come in and collect their things, and then anything else, you know, was put out to trash. And this family left this like four by six painting. Uh, they were like, okay, we don't want it, do whatever. And he grabbed it and was like, hey guys, you know, like the family left this instead of tossing it, I thought you could use it you know, as a base for painting, you know, canvas is expensive. And uh, we were like, hell yeah, but I was moving to Boston. So when I moved to Boston, I took the, the painting with me and I was going to start it and then, you know, eventually get it back to Dan and he would work on it. And I remember I was sitting in my apartment in Boston in this tiny little bedroom. We had a 600 square foot apartment. And uh, so my bedroom was like the size of a refrigerator. And I had this giant you know, six foot tall canvas painting leaning up against the wall with this horrible color palette. Um, it's actually a lot like my hotel room, a lot of orange and green and mustard and bleh. Uh, but I remember sitting there and I was Did we lose cat or did I lose cat? I lost cat. Okay. I lost her. She got sucked into the painting on the path. No. So, oh yeah. Oh, it gets there bad. we go. Okay. So uh, we heard you while Christmas. you were saying. We heard the last thing we heard from you, Kat. We completely lost you. We heard from you saying you were sitting in front of the canvas, and that was the last thing we heard. Okay. All right. I'm gonna go outside for a second. Uh, I'm sitting in front of the canvas, drinking a bottle of wine. I get two thirds of the way through it, 
and I decide I'm going to paint over it. So I grab some gesso and I start painting over it and like I start the painting, la la la, and I stop and a couple months roll by and I'm in a uh, print shop, like for different art prints. And I'm just like, oh, it's Christmas time. I'm looking for gifts for friends, that kind of thing. And I start like flipping through this uh, contemporary art section. And all of a sudden I see, start seeing different versions of this painting painted over. And they were paintings by Rothko. I got it. I felt like that was coming. Now I'm so stressed out. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, oh, fuck my life. Okay. So then I start, I get back home and I've only painted over like the, the top third of it at this point. And so I'm looking for markers. There's no signature anywhere, but I'm looking at like the painting detail and trying to assess the age of the paint and, and all of this stuff. And uh, I, I call up, you know, the, the MFA and Sotheby's and finally I get to take this painting to like actually be assessed and oh good, it is real. And I painted over a fucking Marcus Rothko uh, painting and I'm broke as shit living in Boston and nobody will touch it without a $5,000 retainer and I'm hyperventilating and all of this stuff. <laughs> so my ignorance about art, right, at the time, and what could or could not be valuable or considered art didn't change the fact that this painting was painted by an artist that was considered like a contemporary artistic genius. And that year alone, the last two unsigned pieces that were verified as his had sold that year at Sotheby's for $11 million. So it didn't matter that I didn't appreciate it, that that was still valuable, that still held value in the artistic community. And my 20 something year old ass had painted over it and was like, oh, okay. So yeah, that was just sort of where I was headed with that. Like, just because you don't appreciate it at the time doesn't mean it doesn't hold value to someone else. What happened to the painting cat? <laughs> um, well, about three years later, my house burned down and uh, the painting went with it. Oh no, oh my God. Holy shit, cat, that whole story. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> the stress levels are high now. Ooh, okay. Ooh, it's gonna take me a minute to recover. I'm sweating. So um, that, what a really powerful example of the fact that um, ultimately, I mean, this answer is really going to be different for everybody. And the more we know, the more we know, right? I mean, that's, it sounds like a stupid thing to say, but it's, it's just the truth. We don't always have to actively use everything we know, but damn, the more we know, the more we know. Um, so Cicela is with us. I want to make sure we have a chance to hear from Cicela. I mods, is there an actual hand up or am I having a notification for something that doesn't exist? <laughs> because Clubhouse is wonky. Um, but if you have any thoughts on this concept, please feel free to raise your hand. We will bring you up. I see. Okay. Yes, we've got somebody. Okay. Um, good to have you both. Cicela, let's first hear from you. 
I will just first like to say that uh, as Nicole was screaming, oh my god, oh no, I was doing the exact same thing. Holy crap, cat! <laughs> that's like the most exciting thing that's happened today. Um, it is early, but still, damn. Um, <laughs> that's like terrifying. <laughs> I'm also the type that 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 cried when when ISIS was um, tearing down all historical monuments uh, in Syria and things like that. So, yeah. Oh God, I adrenaline. Did, I did too. Yeah. Yeah. Me also. Adrenaline is running high right now. Okay, so <laughs> that was a ride. Um, yeah. So as many of you guys know, I I I am a traveler. I, I live in a country that isn't my own, or well, at least not my home country. Um, and my entire life, I have I have traveled a lot. I've I've traveled the first time when I was six, um, and that was to Malta, which is among others the location for for um, some of the Dothraki scenes in Game of Thrones. Um, so those were the landscapes that I was, that I was exposed to. I mean, I've been to Sweden more times than I can count. It's like my second home. Um, and those landscapes are straight out of fairy tales. Nicole, you would love it. You could, ex you would expect to see a gnome popping out from one of the huge giant boulders covered in moss more times than not. So I've been, as, as you guys have been, been talking, I've been going back and forth on this because on, on, one hand i'm like has it directly affected my my work as a photographer and then on the other hand i was like well indirectly the experience of traveling has caused my perspective to widen and now i'm back at yeah it absolutely has the the gnomes <laughs> the boulders covered in moss the the game of thrones landscape those are all part of my frame of reference when i create whether it's colors or inspiration or what whatever it's 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 it in, it has influenced me beyond anything else um and now especially in my photography when i create it's very much inspired by nordic folklore um not so much my regular work but when i have fun and just play around that's where i go um so yes widening your perspective by moving your body somewhere that isn't the confinements of your home whether that be a house a town a country a state doesn't matter um when you move yourself to someplace else um and i'm not saying like move there permanent i'm just saying get yourself in a place where you are new where you don't know the way where you have to ask for help or where you are a little bit out on the deep end because that's where you're going to end up meeting people. That's where you're going to end up walking around a corner and seeing the next mountain or whatever that's going to inspire your next work. Um, but the most important thing for me has been to learn different perspectives in life, learn that the little Danish country that I'm from, that mindset isn't necessarily the right one or the only one. Um, learn that there are as many views as there are people in this world. And if we, if we limit ourselves to the little place that we are, and then we stay there 24 seven, then we will lose out on the value of other 
people's perspectives, no matter if we agree or not, doesn't matter. Part of my work is about connecting with people, capturing people as they are. I don't have to be, I don't have to like them. I don't have to agree with them. I do like them most of the time because that's the people that come to me. Um, but it doesn't matter. It's about connecting and being able to put yourself in someone else's mindset. And the best way to practice that is by going somewhere off the deep end that you're not used to. And that's why I think traveling is not just important for inspiration, but also for overall uh, mind flexibility, <laughs> being able to put yourself in someone else's shoes and then create out from that. I think that's vital. You know, Cicela, as you were talking about your experience and from your country to different countries um, in Northern Europe, and then of course over here to the States and how you still find yourself using that kind of Nordic folklore and sensibility. It made me think of that there are times when we understand where we come from only by contrast. So when we grow up in a place, we have a specific understanding of that place that you can only get by living there. But when you leave it, there are parts of it you can only understand through the contrast of having been to other places. That comparison that exists helps actually define the new place and the old place um, and helps you understand it in a way that you can't when you live there because you don't have an outside frame of reference. So even that, I think, if for somebody wants to really deeply express what it's like to live in a place or in their hometown or their, their aesthetic is deeply rooted in that space, they may often find value in going to another place, not necessarily even for the new experience itself, but for the way that new experience helps bring a enlightening contrast to what they have known before. So that's even just a, another benefit, I think, to what you were talking about so exactly um, so did you find that did you find a greater appreciation or that did did it just help to clarify for you what it was about that history that culture that aesthetic that just speaks to you well yes uh but it's a little more complicated than that um the moment that you move somewhere else um and you are I don't know disrespect what you're saying the only one um <laughs> you are the only one um who 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 are of your kind right where you are um you are going to be craving something that feels like home um the moment that you move yourself somewhere different you 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 will feel alone which means that you're going to latch on to everything that you are and if you already have a pretty good idea of who you are or where you're coming from which i did then yeah <laughs> i latched on hard to my nordic roots and it's a huge part of how i define myself i'm scandinavian i actually don't define myself as danish um, i'm scandinavian because of the whole overall scandinavian culture um with all its variations in the different countries so for me it was very um it got even more um I would you call hammered in from from being the only one of me around um 
and and the weird thing was that I saw myself reflected in others in the sense that I became exotic, which was really odd. Like saying that you're from Scandinavia among people who who think that it's it's or saying you're from Denmark and and wondering if you speak Dutch speak Dutch and have ever been to Amsterdam, uh, which is which happens more times that I can count here. Um, when you when you tell them that you're from somewhere that they haven't been, that they haven't that they've only heard about, which feels sometimes a little bit like a fairyland, just like America did to me before I came, then suddenly I was exotic, which was really odd. <laughs> I've never been that never happened before. So yeah, I don't. I sorry, I rambled. I got thrown off a little bit, but um. <laughs> no, no, that's okay. No, it makes sense. It makes sense, and it it definitely fits in with kind of the question I was asking in, in that comparison. Um, there's things that you can't understand when the comparison isn't there. So that's a really interesting perspective to look at it. So Krista, we'd love to hear from you. What are your thoughts on new experiences? Are those necessary to create great art? Um, how do we how do we approach that from your perspective? I lived in Italy for a little while. Hey, everybody. Um, um, I lived in Italy for five months in 2019. It changed my entire life as far as an artist goes. So I think new experience is wonderful. And if you can open your mind to it, it was very hard for me to do it. I didn't want to stay. I wanted to go home half of the time I was there. But once I really got into it, I was able to learn about Caravaggio and light and how he used light. And then Rembrandt followed with him. And it changed how I looked at the way I shot photography. So I think it's a great experience to try to travel. Yeah, I, I agree completely with what Matt was saying. I think it's very imperative if you can open your mind to it. Some people don't like to travel, though, like you were saying, but I personally took, grew greatly from it. That's outstanding, Kristen. What do you think it was that helped you get over that feeling of, no, I don't want to be here. I want to go home. Um, how did you move past that, that roadblock? Wow. <laughs> um, I wanted a large scholarship to go. I had to stay. I didn't really have much choice, Nicole. Um, I, how did I move past it? Prayer, I think. I was so homesick and I wanted to come home. I had grandchildren and children at home that needed me, I felt like. But you just have to embrace it. And each day I'd get up that I felt that feeling. I'd say, no, God, today I'm going to be brave and I'm going to get out there and I'm going to do what I got to do. And so I did. It's a matter. It's a mind ever matter. Really, just got to I don't know. I think once I started embracing the culture and made some friends in the culture, in that city in Florence where we were living, it helped a lot to get over. I just felt very alone, I guess. Even though there was other people there with me, I felt kind of alone and I'm not much of a loner. I stay alone a lot, but I just was, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you. That was a grandchild that came in. Um, anyway, I just, I just, I don't know how I did that, Nicole. That's a good thought to think about. I don't know how I really ever came it. I think I just mind ever matter. And one of the essays I wrote for the actual scholarship that I won was about adversity. And what would you do in that? What you just asked me, how'd you get over it? How did you deal with that adversity in your life? And I think maybe I did it through that, looking back at that and how far God got me to get there. And it was not easy day. It was not an easy journey to try to get over there to live. And so I was taking it for granted, I felt like, by being homesick all the time and not really embracing what I could have gotten. I wish I had known that prior to getting there because I wasted two or three, I'd say a good month there, feeling sorry for myself, really, because I just didn't want to embrace, I was just homesick. You know, I missed everybody at home. But what was I missing? 
I mean, come on. You can come home anytime. You can't be in Italy all the time. So I don't know. I don't know. I just kept praying about it, I think, and just finally just said, okay, I'm here. I wanted this journey. I'm going to take it, and I'm going to learn from it, and I'm going to grow. And I did. But it was hard. Sorry, keep going. I said it was just hard. It was hard when I first got there. But, yeah, I wasted a lot of time on feeling sorry for myself and thinking I needed to be home when in South Georgia wasn't going to change any. I mean, you know, it changes some, but not, you know, not like that's a whole different world. They live completely different than we do over here. They don't believe the same things. They believe in slower living and easier way of doing things. They shut down every day for two hours to eat with their families at lunch. They don't live like we live. So when I came back, I thought I'm going to try to embrace some of that in my art and try to really slow down and think about what I'm doing for a minute before I do it. Because if, if otherwise I would have instinctively just went into something, you know, how we just we're in a culture of gratification immediately. And we're looking for that acceptance from everywhere. And instead of just taking our time, well, like they do over there, that's what I learned. The most valuable thing I probably learned was slowing down and just 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 listening and watching and learning. I love that. And I think um, hearing you talk about that, also hearing, you know, Cicela talk about that with my own experiences as well, I think that gets all the way back to, you know, what Matt was talking about at the very beginning, which is maybe it's not always a direct influence on our art, as in, oh, I'm going to take this, uh, you know, Italian architecture, I'm going to start using it in my art. Maybe that's not the case. Maybe the case is, as we grow and learn through these experiences, we become a deeper, richer, more nuanced individual. And since we are the ones making the art, we cannot help but manifest some of that growth and some of that wisdom in the work that we create or the way that we approach it, like with your experience, um, just the way that you approach your art may not have always necessarily changed the subject matter or the color palette or something like that, but just the approach itself to making and how that can change and influence. So, so interesting. Okay, as we start to near the end of the hour, I wanna make some room for final thoughts. And I know Becca, you had a question we didn't get to touch on as much, which was, um, do you reject the new? When we're talking, as we're talking about, you know, new experiences and innovation and that kind of thing, um, how often artists who do that are rejected by their communities, very specifically by their communities. People outside of the community sometimes may be like, oh, that's interesting. But people within the communities often feel like this is a sacrilege um, and will be the first person to drag that person down. Um, it's an interesting, you know, the crab that's almost out of the basket gets pulled back down by the crabs that are in the basket thing. So um, if anybody wants to elaborate on that, or maybe that's a worthwhile conversation to have tomorrow, but Final thoughts. I want to make sure we open it up for final thoughts. I'm just going to be quiet until somebody says something. So, fine if no one wants to fight me. Um, maybe maybe my, my question there was a little controversial because I, I mean, how many people are really going to admit to that? And I mean. I'll admit to definitely seeing things that I didn't like and then later seeing their value there. Um, but I think all in all, like, I mean, yeah, where we started, where that, that wealth of new experience really lends itself to our expanded thinking as people. 
And, you know, it allows us to have this greater sense of empathy, this greater sense of compassion, this greater sense of understanding of the entire world, you know, whatever it is that we're doing, whether it's making art or raising children or founding a company or, you know, whatever it is that we might be into, you know, studying molecules. I don't know. Um, so, I mean, the more you know, the more information your brain is going to have to play with and to juggle into new and interesting ideas and help you understand the world around you. And of course, then that does lend itself to our art. And so when we go new places, whether we want to be there or not, you know, it's going to give us this new viewpoint to look at the world through and this new understanding of things, even if we don't necessarily tap into that understanding until much later or realize what kind of impact that did have. So all in all, I'm to go do new shit because you're only going to be better for it. I'm so glad you said something, Becca, because I was starting to get nervous there that I was going to have to be really quiet the whole time and freak everybody out. Um, but I agree with you. I think at the end of the day, the new thing is always a good idea. Um, I'm also team do new shit. I think uh, it not only grows you as a person, it helps you understand yourself better. You know, not just the new things and the new people, but when you recognize that you are not on the earth, you are the earth, you are part of the whole. It gives you a sense of connectedness that makes it really difficult to see people as other than you. So that I think being able to manifest itself in your art, in the new experiences, in the deeper worldview, just being able to add to your visual library that you can draw upon later, super, super powerful. So last chance, anybody else have anything they wanna add? That greater understanding bit is, uh, I think, really fantastic too, Nicole, about understanding yourself. I mean, like, how would you know what you would do in any situation unless you actually live through that situation? You know, how, how does your own personal insight and, you know, develop unless you have really firsthand experience? So uh, like Krista's experience going to Italy, right? Like, how would you know how you'd react going to another country and living somewhere new unless you actually do it? How would you know how it feels to be lost somewhere unless you actually are lost? How do you know what it feels to fall in love or to have your heart broken? I mean, all those things are only really solidified in your mind and your understanding of what you yourself would do and how you can do things differently or better or, you know, in the same way if necessary without going through them. So, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that depth of emotional experience that you get from being able to put yourself in a new place, but just that depth of emotional experience in general um, can only be drawn upon once it's been experienced. And so just even for those of us, I think, who stay in our backyard, if that is a choice that we make, I think we have to do what Matt and Bassam said, which is essentially just be open to experiencing it deeply. Don't take it for granted. Don't just look at the place you are and blink and ignore it, but live in it and feel it and dig deep and let it affect you. Um, because it's very easy for, it's very easy to become complacent. It's familiarity breeds contempt kind of a thing. Familiarity breeds, breeds complacence. And this happens not only with the places that we live, but with the people in our lives as well. We begin to take those things for granted because they're always there. And all of a sudden, when we have the contrast of leaving it, we realize how much we miss 
and how much that place has gotten deep into our souls. And it's, it's that contrast that allows you to recognize what you had. And so even if you decide never to go anywhere, try to clean that lens, try to make it clear enough so that you can look at the world that you live in and the place that you live through eyes that are still full of wonder so that you can see it and experience it and be able to communicate through that experience. So really interesting conversation today. Super grateful for everybody who participated and shared their thoughts. Even this was us experiencing new things and confronting new ideas through Sicila and through Krista. We got to learn what it was like to go be in a new place away from home, even if we've never traveled. Um, and so even that all by itself opens up new doors to experiences, new doors to ideas and thoughts that we might not have had before. So continue to seek those things out and then pay attention to how that understanding and how that knowledge manifests itself, the kind of art that you create and who you are as an artist. So I hope everybody has a wonderful day after this and that you will join us tomorrow morning at 7 a.m. Mountain Standard Time. That's 6 a.m. for the West Coast and 9 a.m. for the East Coast afternoon for our friends overseas. Of course, please head over to the Facebook group. Grab that link to artbreeder.com. Go and make some cool art using that AI and then share it in the group for our February challenge. We are looking at how that psychological distance impacts the way that we view and interpret art. Um, it's gonna be a really cool exercise. So please don't miss out on that one. I'm gonna try, I've made a couple so far. I'm gonna try to get those in today, but I encourage you guys to go do that. I think it's gonna be really, really illuminating when we start breaking these down using visual literacy on Thursday. So very much encourage folks to go do that. And don't forget to go check out theartistforge.com where new podcasts and blog posts are going up almost daily. And also um, join us this Thursday. We're gonna be live. That's when we're gonna be breaking everything down. And that'll be in the Artist Forge Facebook group, on the YouTube channel, Nicole Creates, on our Facebook page. I think Matt's is also sharing it on Stone Tree Creative. So it's going to be all over the place, but we want you there with us, sharing that experience, breaking down the art, giving us your thoughts, being a community together is what it's all about. So in the meantime, go make something amazing. Have a fantastic day, guys, and bye. Thanks again for listening to this live Clubhouse discussion moderated by all of us at The Artist Forge. We hope you found the information useful and that it helps you gain a little bit of insight as to how you work on your craft. For more episodes, please join us each weekday on Clubhouse or visit theartistforge.com. Now go make something incredible.